This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Is war evil? Are all wars evil? And if war is not evil, are all wars not evil? In other words, good. This matter of evil is a big issue. In fact, it could be a very confusing issue for many people. In fact, this whole idea of evil is actually become a geopolitical warfare in itself, trying to comprehend the nature of evil. And so today we're going to, well, in the words of a rabbi in Israel, we are going to attempt to unmask evil. Unmasking evil, that's our viewpoint here today. What does What is God's viewpoint of evil? And I hope that you'll stay tuned, friends, because we're going to discuss a wide range of things that you probably have entertained some of these thoughts and wondered, you know, what what really is right here? When you see the atrocities of war, you hear of the horrific things that take place, the hundreds and thousands, even millions of people that have been killed in wars, the debaucherous acts that have taken place, the rapings, and so on, the bludgeonings, just horrific things taking place under color of war. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to explore that, but we're going to go much deeper than that. And so I'm glad that you've joined us. This conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. Let me lay out a few things for you, and you tell me whether these things are evil. Pro-Hamas radicals stage an insurrection at the Capitol. State Department official resigns over military aid to Israel. 500 Biden Democrat staffers signed an anti-Israel letter. A Turkish councilman praises Hitler for killing Jews. Suleiman Sezen, who represents President Erdogan there in Turkey, made the comments at a meeting last Wednesday. He said Hitler had this remark, you will curse me for every Jew that I did not kill. So Sazen there, a Turk, expressed hope that Israel will soon cease to exist and there will be peace in the world once it is cleansed of Jews. From his viewpoint, Israel and the Jewish people are evil. And the only ones that are not evil are Muslims. Or at least the only ones that are evil are Jews. But are Jews evil? Is it evil to be Jewish? Is it evil to have a heritage of the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Does that make you evil? Especially since in Islamic eyes, the Old Testament is true, except for one thing. And that is, in the book of Genesis, where it says, that God told Abraham that in Isaac would his seed be called, that Isaac would be the son of promise. They say, no, that's a mistranslation. It should have said Ishmael. And therefore, they say the descendants of Ishmael are good and righteous, but the descendants of Isaac are evil. So what do you say? 
Do you see how confusing this can get for many people across the world? And then we have this report. A terror-loving extremist has the key job at the U.S. Home, Homeland Security. A key member of the federal bureaucracy, those government employees who are supposed to fulfill the ideals of the American dream, is a pro-Hamas extremist who bashes Israel and promotes its destruction. It's a woman. I'm looking at her picture right now. She actually bashes Israel and promotes its destruction to the point of posting online images of terrorists parachuting in to Israel regularly. The U.S. Immigration Enforcement Agency hired Nuja Ali, a former spokeswoman for the Palestinian Liberation Organization. Then the Department of Homeland Security gave her the authority to decide who can come into America as an immigrant or asylum seeker. She's not only a Muslim, but she loves and promotes Hamas. So what does the word Hamas mean? Does the word Hamas have any meaning that might be significant? Well, what I have learned is that in the Hebrew language, the word for violent or violence is the word Hamas. Yes, you heard that correctly. In the Hebrew language, the word for violent or violence is the word Hamas, and it's used over 40 times in the Bible. Maybe the name Hamas was chosen accurately, violent. So does that, by its very name, mean that it's evil? And what if violence, then, is used to protect people and to promote Good. Is all violence evil? You see, we have a real problem, and we need to we need to think through, we need to talk through this matter of evil. And so we're going to do that, unmasking evil here on Viewpoint today. Stay tuned, my friends. You're listening to Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny. There are no questions about it. And uh, hopefully today will be uh, eye-opening for many people. Before we go further, I want to tell our listeners in Massachusetts, Connecticut, and New York. We have several spots yet available for the breakfast on Saturday morning, November 4th. Uh, there were those who tried to get a hold of us at the end of the week and were unable to do so. So we're just going to say that if you contact us today, uh, we will make a way for you to be part of that breakfast on November 4th. So give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries. But actually, it'd be better not to write. You need to call 1-800-SAVE-USA or go to the website, saveus.org. Click on uh, the web store and then click on the upper right-hand corner, the little button or whatever it is there uh, that talks about signing up for the breakfast and uh, you're going to be able to get in. So uh, make sure you do that today, though. Don't delay. Do it today. And uh, people were rushing over the weekend, just rushing to try to get in. And uh, so we want, to, we want to make sure that you're able to get in before we report to the uh, country club concerning how many people are going to be there. We need to make that report tomorrow. So... Uh, Again, the website, saveus.org, 
the uh, telephone number 1-800-SAVE-USA. This breakfast is on November 4th, Saturday morning, from 8 o'clock in the morning till 11.30, and uh, it is an extraordinary time together. Uh, some people are bringing their families, others are bringing their friends, some bring their pastors, and uh, this is it, it's a great, great time together. I hope you'll take advantage of it. $30 uh, is the cost of the breakfast, which includes the uh, room, the space, and uh, also the great buffet breakfast, which you will enjoy. And all of our books and materials will be there with substantial discounts. And I do mean that, substantial discounts. Uh, so you're going to want to take advantage of that. All right, we'll be back after this, friends, to ask the question, what is evil and how do I mask it? Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. The defense minister, Yoav Gallant, there in Israel, said that Israel is preparing thoroughly for the next step, a multilateral operation in the air, ground, and sea. And uh, he said on Monday that Hamas is confirmed to hold at least 222 hostages, and Israel has intercepted drones that were flown from Lebanon and Gaza. So, the fact that Israel is intending to carry on a uh, a pre- preparation for a ground assault on Gaza, and then also from the air and from the land and from the sea, uh, is that evil? Or is that action righteous in the face of evil? Is what Hamas did in attacking Israel evil? Well, it's being celebrated. One professor uh, here in the United States, actually conducted a rally in which he was bragging and talking about how exhilarating and uh, amazing it was that Hamas was attacking Israel. He said, this is a great thing. From his perspective, it wasn't evil. It was good. So what is evil anyway? And how would we even understand it? How would we know it? Is it possible like the Supreme Court once said concerning pornography, I'll know it when I see it. Will we know it when we see it? Or have we become so confused as a people, even as a nation here in America? Has Israel even become so confused that we cannot recognize evil when we see it? Do we call that which is good evil and that which is evil good? Well, the Bible says that's exactly what would happen in these end times that people would say that which is evil is good, that which is good is evil. They'd say that black is white, white is black. In other words, whatever you want to think about it becomes what it is. So if I want to think of myself as a man and I'm really a woman, it's okay. It doesn't matter how God created me. It's only how I choose to think about it. In other words, it's all relative. Evil is relative, good is relative, and therefore, some people say, there is no such thing as good and evil. 
It's all how you choose to look at it. In other words, your viewpoint determines whether it's good or evil. Is that true? One of the things that I noted about good and evil is that God made some statements in his word. If we want to look to his word as a standard for determining what is good and what is evil, if we went back to Genesis chapter 2, and and actually Genesis chapter 3, we would find that uh, a tempter, Satan, in the form of a serpent, came to Eve, the first woman, and uh, created out of Adam, and uh, he came to her and tempted her to disagree with what her creator had said. Her creator said, you can eat of all the trees of the knowledge of, uh, uh, of the trees of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you may not eat. So apparently, from God's perspective, there was no necessity for Adam and Eve or any human being to know evil. That was only necessary for God. So may God made it very easy for humankind. Just take me at my word. I created you, and what I say is true. Therefore, agree with what I say, and everything's going to be wonderful, and you will be blessed, and you will live a very, very long life, and we'll enjoy fellowship together. But if you will not do that, and you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you will surely die. So... Satan, you know, rationalized with Eve like we do with ourselves, and uh, he tried to help Eve explain away why God said what he said so that she wouldn't have to take it at face value. He said, well, but God knows that you're not going to surely die, but the reason he told you not to eat of it was because he knows that you're going to be like him, knowing good and evil, if you eat of that tree. In other words, he framed the knowledge, Satan, the devil, framed the knowledge of good and evil as a good thing. But from God's perspective, that was not a good thing. He did not intend humankind to know evil. He only intended them to know good. In other words, his viewpoint. But then once they ate humankind now, was left to know good and evil. And now we're having a very hard time figuring out what it is. In fact, we're deciding that evil is good, good is evil. We're deciding that the practice of homosexuality, known as a perversion, is actually not a perversion. It's actually something to thank God for as the uh, president or CEO of uh, uh, Apple. A practicing homosexual was thanking God for his homosexuality, saying it was the greatest thing that ever happened to him. Okay. So you can see the problem that we have. In fact, this problem does not just deal with what's happening between Hamas and Israel. It deals with what's happening between you and me and God. What's happening between our churches and the and Jesus Christ 
who we claim to worship. Jesus says one thing as the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth, but in our churches we say something else. So who is right? Have we become equal with God, like Satan said, to know good and evil? So we actually not only can know good and evil, we can now actually define what evil is and what good is. In fact, we can even reverse what God has said is good and evil. Are you beginning to get the point? So is the issue of life good versus evil? Well, yes and no. Obviously, it depends on how we define evil and how we define good. And if there is no such thing as good and or evil, then what we're actually saying is everything is relative. It's all up to your viewpoint, all up to your thinking, all up to a particular culture's thinking, all up to a particular religion's thinking, and there is no standard of good and evil. So is there some standard of good and evil? And if there's not, then how can we say that something is evil? How can we say that Hamas is evil? How can we say that cutting off a baby's head is evil? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's not. In fact, quite the, quite the contrary. I believe it is, it is evil. But why is it evil? We need to understand why something is wrong or evil and why it is not. Why something is good and why it is not. And it's not just a matter of a cultural opinion. It has to be something deeper. It has to be something more profound. So when God decided to talk to a man by the name of Noah in Genesis chapter 6, and he said, now, Noah, uh, I, I'm looking at the world that I created, and all these people, there probably were hundreds of millions, maybe even billions, who knows how many there were at that time. And uh, he said, the whole world has become violent. The whole world has become Hamas. Did you hear that? Remember the Hebrew word for violent? Hamas. The whole world has become Hamas. And they're thinking evil only continually. And I can't put up with it, God said. So then why then should Israel, chosen by God, put up with Hamas in Gaza if God wouldn't put up with Hamas in Noah's day? Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? So God created a situation and called Noah, who was found righteous. In other words, he was not evil from God's viewpoint. He was righteous in his generation. That means God saw him as not evil, but righteous or good. Righteousness is another word for goodness or not evil from God's perspective. That's why he said righteousness alone exalts a nation. But sin or evil is a reproach to any people. That's why he said that righteousness is the 
the, the, the throne of God sits on a throne of righteousness. In other words, not evil. God does not sit or associate with evil. In fact, he won't put up with it. And the consequences of it are death. Because sin is evil. Sin is dissing God. That's what it really really is. It's disagreeing with God, both in attitude and in behavior. Viewpoint. And that's why we can say viewpoint determines destiny. Always does. There are no neutral viewpoints. From God's perspective, there are no neutral viewpoints. Now, we had another very interesting example when God saw the evil of the Ninevites. And so he decided to send a prophet to Nineveh to warn them of their evil, that is their sin, and to call them to repentance. In other words, to call them to righteousness and to repent or turn from their evil ways. And so he chose a fellow by the name of Jonah. Remember that? He chose a fellow by the name of Jonah to go out. And Jonah was on his way, but he didn't want to go because those Ninevites were pretty mean people. They were like Hamas. He didn't want to go there. They were not nice people to Israel. In other words, they were violent toward Israel. They had no time lost for Israel. No love lost. So he says, no, I'm, I'm not going there. I can't, I can't do that. So God caused a storm to come out in the sea as he was on his way. And uh, it was so bad that finally Jonah had to come to grips with it for the salvation of the people that were on board the ship. And, you know, they, they were very uh, uh, mythically oriented and said there must be somebody here that's causing this. And Jonah finally fessed up, and he says, yeah, I'm, I, I'm rebelling, I'm running from God. So they threw him overboard, and God caused a great fish to swallow him up. Now, God, in his mercy for Nineveh, and actually for Jonah, because Jonah had chosen evil. Jonah actually, as the prophet of God, had chosen evil because he disagreed with God's viewpoint to go to Nineveh. You don't necessarily think of it about that way, but that's exactly what it was. God wasn't happy with Jonah. When God isn't happy with you, there's evil in your life. When your father and your mother are not happy with you, if they're even approaching a a proper parent, there's evil in your life. Mm. It's true. Because evil fights against righteousness or right-waysness. So finally, we know that the whale, after three days and three nights, spit Jonah up on the shore, and Jonah still was thrashing around uh, trying to resist God, and God finally got his attention, and he went off to Nineveh and preached. And lo and behold, this so-called radically unrighteous people, the Hamas, violent against Israel, repented in sackcloth and ashes. And then 
Jonah was angry about that, that these people repented. He just didn't have God's viewpoint. In fact, Jonah was motivated by a viewpoint that was contrary to God's word, will, and ways, which by definition is evil. Question, are you motivated by anything that is contrary to the word, will, and the ways of the Lord? Which you think is for good. But God said no. It's actually what you're doing is for bad, and what I've told you to do is for good. Just think about it. Unmasking evil. That's what we're talking about here today on YouTube. Stay tuned. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived, Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Unmasking evil here today on Viewpoint. We do this in the context of the attack by Hamas against Israel. Israel was chosen by God, not because they were so great, not because they were so un, so righteous, not because they were so unrighteous, but because he chose them to love them and to demonstrate his love, his faithfulness, his power, his glory, through such a small and undeserving people. That's what it is, in simplicity. So what if we, you, I, or anyone else, decides to take a different viewpoint toward Israel? We decide that God made a bad choice. And therefore, we take it upon ourselves to go against Israel because we don't like what Israel said or did, what uh, the prime minister of Israel said or did, and so on. Now, are we engaged in evil because we're dissing God's choice? Well, it depends on what part of this you're looking at. If you're talking about something that Israel is doing that is not righteous before God, That doesn't make you dissing the word, will, and ways of God just because he chose Israel. It means you're aligning yourself with the word, will, and ways of the Lord as set forth in the scriptures while still agreeing and choosing to support Israel as the apple of his eye, notwithstanding their sin. So we can disagree with their sin without actually 
turning our minds and hearts in judgment against the people of Israel. That's where our problem comes. Because, you see, the Bible says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know what's interesting? Israel actually has a military code of direction and instruction for its soldiers. And one of those aspects, without going into the whole thing, one of those aspects is their attitude toward their supposed enemies. They have to fight with all the vigor that they can fight to win the battle. They see it as winning the battle for God, because God chose them. On the other hand, their rules prohibit them from responding or having an attitude of vengeance. In other words, of absolute, unmitigated, shall we say, disregard for human life. So that's the reason why Israel takes the view that we want to do everything that we can to destroy evil, that is Hamas, which means violence, but we want to do the best that we can amid attacking evil to protect that which is not of that same standard, in other words, the civilians and so on, who are relatively innocent. Now, the problem that Israel has, though, is that among the Gazans, very few of them are totally innocent because they supported and voted for Hamas. So this is a, this is a bit of a complex situation for Israel. And they're having to deal with the viewpoint of the Gentile nations most of which are by nature against Israel because they're envious that God chose that little tiny country as the apple of his eye. And so they want to find every possible excuse to come against Israel as evil. And God is not happy with that. We know how unhappy he is with that, Because in the book of Joel, chapter 3, God says, I'm going to bring you Gentile nations into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I'm going to judge you there, and it ain't going to be pretty. The prophet Zechariah says the same thing in different words, that all the nations are going to come against Jerusalem. Why? Because they consider Israel to be evil because God chose them. And we want to be the rulers of the world. We want to rule from the Temple Mount. We don't want that Israel or that God of Israel to rule there. No, we we see that as evil. Are you getting the point? So Satan is using the twisting of good and evil in order to curry favor with the Gentile nations to come against Israel as the incarnation of evil. That's the way, the modus operandi that Satan has for gaining dominion over our world and to choreograph the nations of the earth into a final 
Babylonian or Babel type of government to rule the world in his name so that he then can sit on the throne of God in the temple of God through an antichrist figure and declare himself God, all claiming to be righteous against evil Israel. It's amazing how we can get twisted, friends. And in our churches, we have exactly the same problem. Exactly the same problem. Because, for instance, as we say so many times here on this program, if God says, I hate divorce, and we say, yes, but, we have an attitude of evil. We are dissing what God said. God had to take the religious leaders of his day, back in the book of Malachi chapter 2, he had to take them to task for this very issue. And he said, look, you guys are bellyaching to me, you're crying unto me, pouring your tears upon my altar about your problems and your life and so on. And he said, look, I see what you're doing. You're divorcing your spouses. You are dealing treacherously with the wives of your youth. And it ain't pretty in my sight. I'm not going to put up with it, he said. I am not going to listen to your prayers. I am not going to respond to you because you are doing evil, dissing my viewpoint. Are you getting this? Now, America has become, shall we say, a form of Hamas in this regard, because we're violently dissing what God has said, going all the way back to the late 1960s. The scourge of divorce that spread across this country, and through the church house, people being divorced in the name of Christ and celebrating it and then turning around and doing exactly what Jesus called evil, said whoever divorces their spouse causes them to commit adultery. And whoever marries the one so divorced commits adultery. So what do we say? No, the remarriage is an answer to prayer. In other words, we're calling evil good and good evil. Are you beginning to understand why this issue of evil is a big deal? It's a far bigger deal, friends. And when we realize that judgment is going to begin at the house of God and not in the house of Hamas. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine what we're going to face on the day of judgment? Can you imagine what pastors are going to face on the day of judgment who have approved that which God says he hates, who have helped to orchestrate it? And that's just one issue. That's just one issue that has become, I use that as an illustration because it's the one issue that is so pervasive in the broader body of Christ and in our country. More than any other issue more than homosexuality, more than transgenderism. Those are the echoing consequences that came from our dissing the word, will, and ways of God concerning marriage and divorce and remarriage. 
I, I, I just, as I'm sharing these things, I've got tears in my eyes, friends, because I realize that this is a big, big deal. What is God's viewpoint concerning evil? Let me uh, just divert for just a moment here. I want to uh, indicate to you that one of the ways we come to the place where we call black, white, and white, black, that which God calls evil, good, and that which God calls good, evil, is that we have walked away or run away from the fear of the Lord. That's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, friends. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And we've run away from the fear of the Lord as if we were trying to set a new Olympic record to get out from under God's word, will, and ways. To do it our way. We become Frank Sinatra's. In the name of Christ. I'll do it my way. Thank you very much, God. And by the way, if we ever really feel like we need some help, we'll send up a smoke signal and hope you'll respond. That's how we think. If it isn't how we think, then we wouldn't have conducted ourselves this way. But it is how we think. I want to make available to you my book, The Secret of the Lord. It's a hardbound book. It's based on Psalm 2514. I say it's based upon that because it was that verse that God used by his spirit to inspire the writing of the book. The secret of the Lord is with them who fear him. And to them he will show his covenant. You want to know why so many professing Christians don't really walk in the Holy Spirit, don't really walk in in sensitivity toward God, do not really please God, it's because they don't fear God. That book, $18, is a hardbound book right there on our website, saveus.org, The Secret of the Lord. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, the book is called The Secret of the Lord. It's a hardbound book. A $23 book, yours for $18, on our website, saveus.org. What you may not realize is that every one of the promises of God, including salvation itself, is predicated on the fear of the Lord. Every one of them. 
So you can well understand then why we might not be experiencing the blessings and promises of God because we're not walking in the fear of the Lord. Whether in the church house, the white house, the schoolhouse, the courthouse, maybe your house. We must, if there is any, any hope for our country, friends, we must restore the fear of the Lord. And it, can, it cannot be done by legislation. It can only be done in your mind and heart and mind. That's the only way. One person at a time, beginning with you. That's why my book called Renewing the Soul of America, the subtitle is called One Person at a Time, Beginning with You. Somehow we've adopted this idea that we can restore our country by political elections. It's not to put down the value and importance of political elections. But we didn't get to this point solely through political elections, good, bad, or ugly. We got to this point because we abandoned the fear of the Lord. In the Democrat Party, in the Republican Party, in the independent parties, and in all the parties that people are conducting in their homes that are not godly. (laughs) We just run away from the fear of the Lord. And if you want, if you want to come to grips with that in your life and in the life of your children and your grandchildren, friends, this book will provide enough conversation and prayer points for you to conduct family worship for the next year. The secret of the Lord. The secret of the Lord is only with those who fear him. And to them and them only will he reveal and manifest his covenant, he said. That's why we're in the trouble we're in. That's why Israel's in the trouble it's in, friends. Because Israel has followed in the jet stream of America and followed our ungodly ways by definition in their own newspaper, talking about how they followed the same pattern in divorces that America has. Mm-hmm. Not kidding. Now, in front of me right now is an article that came from Israel National News regarding current events, and it's a uh, respected rabbi, Rabbi Nachman Kahana, and he's talking about Israel poised to eradicate the Tuma or impurities from Eretz Israel, from the land of Israel. Well, what impurities are these? Well, what he's focusing on is Hamas. Violence. Hamas. Eradicating Hamas from Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. You see, Gaza is part of Israel, from God's viewpoint. It's not a separate country. He's part of Israel, part of Eretz Israel. So he says, our ground troops are preparing to enter Gaza and cleanse it from the impurity that has spread over that land. 
He says, our holy troops are overflowing with the Kohanic or priestly message. For Hashem, your God, is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. That is true. But it's not the whole truth. The rest of the truth is that Israel has corrupted herself like America and embraced the practice of homosexuality, which God calls an abomination. Tel Aviv is one of the most radical homosexual cities in the world. Israel is not pure. Not even a little bit. But it is still the nation, the people group that God called to place his name there in Jerusalem. And so, from that viewpoint, Israel needs to cleanse the impurities. But the impurities that Israel needs to cleanse are far beyond Hamas. They need to come to grips with what God has said concerning their own life. His standards. They need to go back to the Torah and the Tanakh and find out what God really has said concerning their behavior, concerning their lives, and they need to repent. But part of the problem is they have refused to embrace Yeshua as their Messiah. So they have no actual redemption. They have no actual atonement for their sins because they have no temple. They cannot make the sacrifices so that the shedding of blood can cleanse them from sin. They are in a mess in having to create their own redemption. That's part of the turmoil here that is we're facing and that Israel is facing. And the church doesn't even quite get it because we've got the same problems in God's own house in the church house in America. We have Hamas in America. We have Hamas in America. We know that we do. Since since 1973, approximately 65 million babies have lost their lives, far more babies than Hamas has cut off their heads, had beheaded in uh, Gaza. Are you getting the message now? We have to look at this unmasking evil from God's viewpoint. Is it evil for Hamas to slice off the heads of babies? Absolutely. Was it evil for Americans to, under color of law, do the same thing, essentially, and rip babies apart, even in their mother's womb? Which is worse? Boy, do we have blindness. As God said, having eyes to see, they see not, and having ears to hear, they hear not. Can you imagine how God is looking at this? And he realizes that the kettle is calling the pot black. Yes, we should cleanse away 
Hamas. But we need to cleanse away that spirit of violence, the same spirit of violence that we don't call Hamas in our own country. In Israel, it is also promoting abortion. This is breathtaking, friends, for me. Because I realize we're on the near edge of the second coming. And God is going to judge the earth in righteousness. And Jesus is going to be the judge. And he's going to judge the world on the basis of what he has said. Not what you think, but what he has said. What is God's viewpoint? Anything that disagrees with his is evil. Anything, small or great, it's very simple. And Satan doesn't want you to see it that way. He wants you to see that you and I have the ability to change what is evil and what is good. Get a copy of the book, The Secret of the Lord, friends. I believe it will change your life. It really will. It's a $23 hardbound book, yours for $18 on our website, saveus.org. Restoring the fear of the Lord in our hearts, in our lives. It will change your viewpoint, your attitude towards so much. Toward God himself. Do you really believe he's God? Really? How then can we continue to diss his word and his will and his ways? How can we do that? With a straight face. We can't. Now, for those of you in in Connecticut and Massachusetts and New York, again, as I indicated earlier in the program, uh, we had some difficulty... Uh, getting all of those who wanted to uh, sign up at the end of the week for the breakfast. And so we've extended that now through today. And I urge you to go to our website, saveus.org, to the web store. And then when you get there, uh, click on that. You're going to hit the button that says uh, Viewpoint Breakfast. Sign up for that. It's $30 a person. Uh, And uh, I, I hope that you'll bring your friends, Romans, and countrymen uh, your pastor, your uh, your youth pastor, your your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your relatives, your co-workers. That's what happens. People come, and they are so moved by what they experience that they bring others in that fashion. So uh, if you don't go to the website, give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. You need to do it today. Because we have to report to the uh, country club, Agawam, the the Crestview Country Club in Agawam, Massachusetts, to let them know how many people they need to prepare for. Okay? So thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. Unmasking evil. What is God's viewpoint? Hopefully you understand what God's viewpoint is. It might be troubling in our spirit, but that's okay. Because God, by his spirit, is moving to convict of sin and to prepare us to be a holy bride prepared for his coming.
Are you prepared? Now, you understand that day after day, for 28 and a half years, we've been preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. You know, you know that. So I urge you to become a partner. Don't wait for the other guy to do it. Become a partner and send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries, P.O. Bonk 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Okay? Or uh, you can uh, write to us at Save America Ministries. You can go to our website, saveus.org. Recently, uh, someone sent us uh, a group of gold coins that he had been saving as a contribution. What a blessing that was. In times past, another gentleman sent us some uh, coins that he had been saving, and that was a blessing as well. There are all different ways that you can uh, help us to uh, prepare, to be able to expand uh, the spread of this message across the world. And as I've indicated to you, uh, we've been told by, and just, just one of the podcast sites that we air from has declared to me that our program has actually been heard. Not, not ability to be heard, but actually was heard, listened to in 180 countries. We thank the Lord for that. There are no bragging points. I can't verify it beyond what I was told, and it doesn't really matter. People ask me, well, how many listeners do you have? I said, I don't know. And in one sense, I don't care because we're obeying what God told us to do. We're not trying to persuade people by lessening the message, by somehow conforming to what people want to hear. No, we want people to hear what God wants them to hear and trust the Lord to provide through his servants. You're his servant. So we trust God and he trusts you. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Be a blessing. And let's prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour in our own lives. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.